the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. So reading some interesting stuff recently about the NBA. When prospects are taken in the NBA, they're young, right? And they sign their first contracts uh, shortly after the NBA draft. A lot of which, you know, are multi-year, multi-million dollar deals. And from our appearances, they look set for life. But there's a lot of unexpected costs to signing seven and eight figure deals that a lot of people don't realize. There was an athlete named Donald Foyle, a 1997 first round pick who played 12 years in the NBA. And he's got a book out there called The Athlete CEO. And I'm always looking for interesting ways to tie money together for investors, ways to tie money together for people seeking retirement. And I thought it would be interesting to pick it up. He broke down some of the lesser-known cost of being an NBA player, including the actual participation in games. And I'm like, okay, okay. Um, He called it the jock tax. Most Americans are not familiar with that. And paying taxes in every state that you play in is part of the the situation. So if you're not in that kind of business or in the entertainment field, you probably wouldn't think of it. You don't understand what it means and the multitude of mountains of tax work and legal documents that goes into playing in the league in terms of, you know, you play in 30 places, you get paid in 30 different taxes. It's kind of sad that I admit this, but when it comes down to the NHL, <clears throat> the NFL, Major League Baseball, <clears throat> I kind of want the playoffs to be won by a team from California, even if it's not my team, because it generates more taxes and general revenue for the state. 21 of the 25 states that have professional sports teams prior to uh, Las Vegas getting the team. And, you know, the Raiders, uh, well, Las Vegas is getting both the Knights, the Golden Knights, I guess, which is NHL and the Raiders. So this jock tax, which affects players, coaches, trainers, and anyone that travels with the team, anyone that travels with the team, so once you leave a state, you leave one eighty-second of your salary in the NBA, um, based on an eighty-two game schedule. How that's di- divided up, it's tough to start figuring out. How much does it goes to the state? How much it goes to local? How much it goes to federal? Um, and it's just a good reminder to you that you know taxes are super important to understand and grasp. And retiring in the state of California is expensive. Dying in the state of California, not so much. Um, and there's other states where retirement's cheap, but dying's expensive as far as the estate tax that you're going to get. So this guy, Donald Foyle, made $63 million in his career. 
but with things like taxes and other costs, it doesn't add up to $63 million, right? It's like with you, if you have a million dollars saved for retirement, uh, you probably you know made a lot more. But that got stripped away due to taxes, state, local, federal, sales taxes. When it comes time to spending that money, you're going to be paying some federal, some state, uh, some income you know, for the state for sure, and federal. Uh, there's going to be sales taxes, maybe property taxes, other taxes, right? So psychologically, a lot of people don't think about that. Um, and for basketball players, you have to give up 1% to 4% of your income to an agent. And you heard Phil Mickelson a couple years ago say, I got to leave the state of California because the taxes are killing me. He kind of regretted that statement, but it was, it was very interesting to me. Um, and for an athlete, you also have financial people. And they take, you know, somewhere between 1% and 3%. So you can start seeing how this money disappears and chips away. State income taxes of, you know, uh, 10%, not uncommon. Federal taxes of, if you're an athlete, 35%, so that's 45%. Throw in some Social Security taxes, and you're at, you know, 48 49%. Throw in some, you know, uh, property taxes, and you can see how it gets pretty expensive. Um, sales taxes, so the sales taxes kicks you up to almost 60% of your of your million. You've, you're down to 400000 so, and then you throw in 1% to 4% for uh, an accountant, 1% to 4% for financial people. Um, maybe you have to go see a sports therapist that other people won't have to go see because A, you're trying to take care of your body, and B, you're trying to take care of your mind. The NBA will probably pay for that kind of thing. But then you get just to see who's all on your payroll. Um, you pay for marketing, things along those lines. Josh Childress was an NBA player who once explained an 11 million contract really becomes about 5 million after taxes. And I'd say it's probably even less uh, in some states. After players spend on themselves for purchases like house and cars, they often buy family members things. And I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, she was adopted. And she had great adoptive parents, but... She had a uncle leave her $15,000 to go to college, and her parents spent it while she was a kid. So when she was time to tap that money and go to college, she racked up about $15,000 college debt, and she said, Mom and Dad, where is it? I was like, oh, we spent that. Not we're sorry or anything like that. And she's kind of had a lifetime of disappointment with them on a lot of levels. Um, preacher's daughter, things like that. And uh, I, I was giving her some advice. I said, you know, I'm not close with two of my brothers, and just because we're biologically related doesn't mean we have to act nice and have a good time at Thanksgiving. In fact, we've kind of all avoided Thanksgiving, and we've kind of set up Thanksgivings with our other uh, side of the, the world, uh, spouses or girlfriends kind of thing. My parents had five boys and then one girl, so two of my brothers I just don't care about. It was kind of interesting. One of my brothers got really mad at me because when he was going through a divorce, his wife basically hooked up with my friend. Now, she was 30, and he was 18. And they eventually get married, and uh, he adopts my brother's daughter. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, so he doesn't like me for whatever reason. He thinks I contributed to that, and I didn't. I didn't care. Uh, I was hit by surprise on that one. But uh, we all have family like this. And like, if he ever asked me for a dime, I'd give him nothing. Um, whereas if, you know, you're my best friend or... 
I worked with you in radio for a lot of years and you did me some good favors, I'd be like, sure. You know, am I going to get it back or not? I once lent money to a friend who I knew I wasn't going to get it back. And sure enough, I didn't get it back. But I didn't even get a thank you and I'm sorry I didn't get it back. So it kind of strained the relationship. Um, so I was giving her the advice. I'm like, you know, when push comes to shove, she's got a sister who doesn't have a job and doesn't have a house. She's got parents who don't have enough for retirement and uh, rack up debt. Uh, they've got something for retirement, but not enough for retirement. And they're racking up a lot of debt. I'm like, geez, I hope you realize like the best thing that could happen to your parents is somewhere around 68 while still working. He dies. And then she dies like two days later. And then you just don't have a relationship with your sister. Cause those are people that are going to be asking you for money. So giving money as an athlete to friends and family teaches me, be careful giving money to friends and family. Um, this eight figure careers of income don't come along often and way too often professional athletes retire broke. So I guess the lesson, a lot of lessons here, you pay for a lot of people in your life, a lot of people, and you pay a lot of taxes in your life and you got to be careful about what you give away, especially post tax. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Eight years of an upmarket. Stunning. It's kind of nice. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. You can always call the show at 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the news, get your calls on the show. Um, I use the word news because in the first, well, I, I talked about news and how news isn't really news. It's a lot of times PR, press releases. And if you read the press release on me, I'm certainly going to highlight only good things. I've lost 17 pounds this year. I'm not going to say, but I'm still morbidly obese. I'm not. But that's the problem with press releases. So anything you see at Yahoo is typically a press release. So, for instance, if you were to punch in Apple's ticker symbol at Yahoo, and a lot of people use Yahoo Finance, or I know one of the guys who you know aggregates news for websites that you know are tied towards looking up information um, and you're like isn't that a robotic function by now it is somewhat but not as much as you would imagine so a lot of times when you look at the news I'm not going to say it's fake um, and maybe a better example would be someone like Domino's Pizza um, you'll see like Domino's is coming out with a brand new oven that can bake pizzas 400 times faster you're like whoa that's got to be good for the stock, right? Um, or you can see Papa John's has made a gluten-free pizza that gluten-intolerant diners can't eat. Uh, watched a pretty interesting documentary recently, and it's so biased, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, but it was called Fed Up, and it had Katie Kirk talking about the... Um, the food industry and how back in 1977 George McGovern basically said you know food companies are poisoning America's kids and you know uh, we're giving them high cholesterol we're giving them fat we're giving them you know bad things for them and the food industry freaked out and there's no doubt in my mind that at a grocery store I think 90 
92, 93% of the food there is almost inedible. It's got so much sugar or fat in it, or fat and sugar. And uh, we as Americans need to change. And that's one of the reasons why you're seeing companies like um, Trader Joe's do so well. I saw a recent report that Trader Joe's, if you buy a home near Trader Joe's, they're worth more and the value is rising faster. Because people feel that there's, you know, more food there that people can eat. There's so many features that attract home buyers, like renovated kitchens, right? I, like, I'll go into a house that I'm looking to buy, and if it's got an electric grill, electric stove, I'm out. I'm like, does it have hookups for gas? Yes, yes, it does. I'm like, good, good, good. Who can cook on electric? It drives me crazy. I like a loco in the coco. Sometimes when you're looking at a house, you're looking at curb appeal or school systems. I love school systems because I always think that there's going to be some woman who wants to buy your house if you're in a good school district because she wants her kids to go to the best school possible. Um, and that may be a little silly. And I call Trader Joe's TJ's. Buying a home near TJ's so you can get $4 wine in a can. You can get avocado yogurt. You can get cookie butter. All delicious stuff, but how good is it for you really or not? I don't know. Homeowners with property near a Trader Joe's saw an average home price appreciation of 67% over the last five years. Those near Whole Foods saw a more modest 52% or an Aldi 51%. Over five years, right? Being near a Trader Joe's helps. So I know a lot of people are going to go home tonight and say, See, honey, I told you we should have bought the house by Trader Joe's. Oh, yes. So the study was... That's right, Jack. Um, So the study, which compared data from 1,200 zip codes, put the average value at a home near Trader Joe's around 595,000, nearly tripled the nationwide median value. So does that mean homes go up in value when they're near Trader Joe's, or does it mean Trader Joe's is buying property and putting in stores near high-value homes, knowing that the high-value home is probably a little more educated on what they're putting in their food. They might have watched a documentary or two on the food industry, the cow industry, the meat industry, the um, sugar industry. And, you know, essentially in the 1980s, the word fat became a big problem. And it was a pretty interesting documentary to watch because they're like 160 grams or 160 calories of almonds is different than 160 calories of a candy bar. The candy bar's got sugar in it, and your liver just doesn't know what to do with it, and thus turns it instantly into fat. Whereas, 160 grams of almonds passes straight through your system. Which one would you rather have? I'd rather have the candy bar. Wrong answer. You know, one of the the tricks of feeding your kids vegetables is to give them vegetables as an appetizer before the rest of the food comes out. Because when you compare which would you rather have, uh, vegetables or rice or meat, kids are always going to say vegetables last. But if you make it their own meal, you get the idea. And now you know. So it's a bit of a chicken or egg question when it comes to the whole Trader Joe's thing. So I started by saying homes go up in value when there's Trader Joe's near it. Whereas maybe, like I said, it's that Trader Joe's is just really good at spotting up and coming neighborhoods and planting its outpost accordingly. I do think there's more to that idea and the idea that a lot of people perceive Trader Joe's as healthier. Even though a lot of the food is made at the same factories with just different labels slapped on it. Um, oh, it was the worst part about that whole movie Fed Up was that they talked about Michelle Obama and how she had this initiative for obesity reduction in kids. 
And originally she's like, let's cut down on sugars and fats and let's exercise more. And then the crafts and the, uh, the food companies all got together and like, rabble, 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 rabble. And they ultimately said... Standing out here yelling, rabble, 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 isn't going to help anything. So they all got together, they rabbled, and they basically said, you know, she can't say that. So her, her push went from eating healthy and exercising to just move. Move more. Put down that Xbox controller and move more. So anyway, Trader Joe's. Uh, are you a Trader Joe's fan, a TJ's fan? So everyone loves BJ's, um, BJ Oil Services. Do you love uh, Trader Joe's, TJ's? So do you like DJ's, disc jockeys? Or VJ's, video jockeys, which they have at Cron. Um, I don't know if there's any other J's out there. There's the two skinny J's, which is a rap band out of New York that I Which is a very good thing. Which is a very, very good thing. Thank you. We take a break here. We'll be back unless I've been canceled. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Amazon is always in the news. And I'm not surprised anymore by anything that I hear from Amazon. Reportedly, they want to get into the ticketing business. Now, you look at Ticketmaster and Live Event and those companies, and you're like, screw them. I'm going to go buy tickets for... Hmm, help me here. Let's just say Bruce Springsteen. No, let's not say Bruce Springsteen. I hate Bruce Springsteen. I know he can write a pop song like no one else could write a pop song. He can write melodies like no one else could write melodies. And he wrote very hard, masculine lyrics, um, which Patti Smythe used well to her favor um, as a woman singing a man's hard lyrics. But that's neither here nor there. Um, you can tell I recently watched that documentary on HBO about Bobby Iovine, um, Jimmy Iovine. So anyway, neither here nor there. Let's um, focus, 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 focus. So... Amazon says they're getting considering in England. They're selling tickets because England doesn't have England could kiss my butt. Who was that? This one said that uh, you shake my nerves and you rattle my soul. Um, anyway, I'm totally digressing at this point in time. Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, when he got to England, they didn't really like the fact that he had a 14 year old wife. England could kiss my butt. But Ticketmaster Live Nation, they are the exclusive seller of primary tickets for a lot of top venues in the United States. And Amazon wants to get into this business because they're already doing it in England. A lot of times they outsell companies uh, selling tickets in the West End shows. England is kind of deregulated as far as tickets go, and a lot of people can do it. Ticketmaster generated $1.6 billion in revenues from initial sales last year with uh, doing this. The problem is Amazon wants the information on the people. Amazon is an artificial intelligence data powerhouse. And companies like Ticketmaster and the events, they don't want to give that up. But here's what Amazon can do well. What, what's a big show that I want to go see? Okay, I want to go see um, Haim. And if I were to get the tickets for Haim through Ticketmaster, they could also say, through Amazon, they could say, do you also want to buy their album? Do you also want to buy merchandise where you can get the bass player making a funny face with a T-shirt? 
Um, do you also want to buy the Hyam um, beauty masks? Because I don't know, maybe they make beauty masks before they go to bed or something like that. So Amazon could sell a lot of more additional products that live, uh, live events and Ticketmaster can't do. So you look at that story and you're like, wow, Amazon's pretty powerful. But you look at some of the other initiatives that they've had. Some they're not they're not number one in anything, and then suddenly they are. And that's one of the reasons I want you to pay attention to Amazon because they'll get into a vertical and change it overnight. Why did they get in groceries? Will they do that overnight, or will they put their drones in the parking lots and on the roofs of Whole Foods? We don't really know. But what we do know is that Amazon is. You feel like prime citizens at this point in time. Uh, The number of people who use Amazon is growing (coughs) and growing and growing. Um, And people really like that two-day feel to it. And at one point in time, I remember, you know, 20 years ago, you got on Amazon and you bought a book. Now you're watching television shows, you're watching movies, you're listening to music, you're talking to Alexa couple years ago, you didn't even know what an Alexa was, and now it's a thing. So Amazon's one company I don't think you should overlook, and I think they're going to become, if they're not already, the biggest threat to anyone out there because they also own the Washington Post, which is a news organization. Um, Will they push their own agenda through the Washington Post? I tend not to go into conspiracy theories. I'm not that guy. I do think that there is some conspiracies that we should look into. I think there's some things that we should look into. Um, For instance, um, I do believe in Sasquatch. I once saw him on a beach in New Jersey. Um, Very, very hairy man walking up and down the beach. And oddly enough, he had a can of Bud Light in his hand. And then every now and then it would switch to a Coors Light. And I'm like, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, drinks beer? I did not know that. So should we be afraid of Amazon? Does Jeff Bezos not look like a Jeff, uh, a James Bond villain? Seriously. Seriously. He owns a big company. You don't know much about him. He's bald. He wears outfits that looks like they're imported from India. But isn't he living in Seattle? Yes. So he likes the very comfortable evil outfit. Now, there's five frightful companies out there, and I want to own every one of them. Because it's like playing Monopoly with these guys. They, they seem to get four turns to my one. I want to own Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Facebook. But the biggest villain of all in me, me, me opinion, in me opinion, I'm coming up with me own grammar because me likes coming up with me terms. I like the way you say that. So Amazon's reach goes deeper and deeper and deeper than anyone else. Apple on its own part says, you know, we don't really need to do this search thing that Google and Amazon's doing. So Apple's kind of the good guy here. Amazon's the company we should fear the most. Their $13.7 billion acquisition of Whole Foods is a great example of why are they breaking into groceries? Not only am I going to watch a movie with them, not only did my shoes, my socks, my underwear, and my jeans come from their stores or their drivers, but now the food that I'm eating while I'm watching movies and TVs Oh, and the TV was delivered by them because they said we can go after Best Buy and bring a TV to you. And by the way, we could also do a geek services just like them and install it for you. So Amazon owns cloud uh, computing. Uh, A lot of apps, a lot of websites you use every day rely on Amazon. And Amazon Outage takes down a lot of stuff you use on the computer. 
They have logistics. They got Amazon Air. Amazon plans to use drones at some point in time to deliver goods. It's experimenting with autonomous trucking. Um, as is Elon Musk and the boys at Tesla. They've said to the DMV of California, can we set up a heavy-duty trucking line that drives itself basically from Reno, where we're going to make batteries, to Fremont, where we're going to make cars? And the California is looking into it. So Amazon doesn't need UPS, FedEx, or Postal Service. They've got entertainment, TV, movies, music. They've got food. They've got Whole Foods. They've got health, according to CNBC. There was a report published not too long ago that Amazon's thinking about getting into the prescription drug business, a lot like Walmart or Target. Walmart and Target, which I don't go into because there's a couple things that I'm allergic to, and one of the things that I'm allergic to is poor people. And when I go into a Target or a Walmart, I just break out in hives. But I've heard that they have a prescription thing where it's like $4 a month for your generics. So if you're an old-timer who has Alzheimer's and you need some blood clotting medicine and you happen to remember Walmart or Target and they're kind of similar, so you're going to be okay walking the prescription filled and you get your prescription filled, it's like 4 or $5, and it's like way cheaper than going to, to a CVS or a Rite Aid. But the CVS and Rite Aid come out with their own alternative products as well. Are, Amazon's getting into prescription drugs? Like, are we serious here? Not only now can I watch a movie in my shoes, my socks, because I got my shoes from Nike, but I bought them through the Nike store at Amazon. My socks, which I buy in bulk because for some reason I lose a sock a day or a week. Um, my, my jeans, I like diesels. I know exactly what I want. I don't like going to diesel stores because it's filled with people body shame me. And they're like, Ooh, Ooh, your, your waist is a little bit longer than your legs. Ooh. I know, right? You're freaking me out when you make me feel bad. So, um, but now I'm watching a movie on the TV that now I'm taking the prescription pill. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my Oxycontin while I'm watching a movie and I'm getting it filled at Amazon and, like they own my life. There's a lot of stuff that affects you every day. And again, this is why you buy Amazon. This is why you buy Microsoft. This is why you buy Apple. This is why you buy Google. Um, it's because they are the monopoly players that we talk about on a regular basis. Now, do you get a chance to buy them every day? No. I have a friend. He didn't buy them 10 years ago. He didn't buy Amazon 10 years ago, nine years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, uh, two years ago, one year ago. He bought them two months ago when they cracked a thousand. He's like, I think I like the stock now that it's a thousand dollars a share. I'm like, you could have got it for three dollars. Reminds me of the greatest line in movie history: two dollars. I want my two dollars. Um, so there's some serious, scary things when we're talking about these companies, and I'm not one of those people who cares. Um, they have my email. They've got my credit card. They know that I like some weird stuff. <laughs> Amazon knows that I'm a weirdo, right? They're like. Why do you buy something called Suavecito? Now, before you start getting crazy thoughts in your head, Suavecito is a gel for hair that smells really good. So it's two things in one. It's a cologne and a hair gel. Really? Really. So I'm able to save a little bit of money. And um, you know who got me into Suavecito? Donald Trump. It's a little early to be thinking about all the crazies and the verticals that they can get into and or out of. But I think it's fair to say that there's a lot of concentrated power in a conglomerate and Amazon's in the position to fear them as a company. And I'm not saying that we are prime citizens, um, but I can tell you that a lot of people are very hooked to the Amazon Prime services and what they have to offer. Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Facebook. Facebook, the amount of brain hacking they're doing on us 
and the, the fact that they know things about us that we don't even know about ourselves and the content they're putting in front of us, it should scare you if you're scared about those kind of things. I'm not. I invest in those kind of things. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show. There's a seminar coming into your neighborhood. And if you want to get in for free, use the code RADIO25. If you want to see what neighborhood we're coming to next, go to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Lloyd, my buddy. One of the greatest scenes in movie history in my life. Not in your life, but in mine. It meant something to me. Anyhow, and anyway, you can always find me online at robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show, and I'm talking stocks Mondays and Thursdays. CFP Chad Burton talks wealth preservation and wealth creation Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And then on Friday from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., we do kind of a best of. Just worthy of note. Um, study some data. They say that the waters in the northeast of the United States are getting warmer. Guess what's showing up? Sharks and whales. Now, is there a correlation between warmer water and sharks and whales? Yes, there is. And that's something I want you to just to kind of think about. You don't have to, you know, um, get consumed with data, but think about it. Um, one of the areas that I talk about that I like is India. And I think you should have some exposure to Asia. And there's so many ways to do it. I want you to figure out what's best for you. I want some sort of exposure to India. In the past, I've pointed out the case for you know India. Some of the focus has been on the macro aspects, some on reforms, and the rest on market trends. Um, some of the headlines uh, that come out of India are things like it can triple in the next five years. Uh, I'm pretty bullish when I could say that. Now, again, I don't want you to say, I haven't saved enough money for retirement. I better try to get some of the triples. But India's growth is tied heavily towards structural changes and domestic investments. Over the last few years, the Modi government government has laid the foundation to revamp India's economy. Now, this is long-term. It's a structural shift. You know, indirect taxation overhaul... So this is one of the biggest tax overhauls done by any nation, and it's got a far-reaching impact on their economy. Under the country's federal taxation structure, businesses previously had to keep track of a laundry list of taxes they moved from state to state within the country. This meant serious inefficiencies in the system and encouraged tax you know, evasion, especially by smaller businesses that found evading taxes easier than reporting taxes. So... Earlier this year, India brought all of its 29 states and seven union territories on board and implemented what's called a GST, which is a unification of a tax regime and the taxation of all goods and services. Um, Just under two roofs, there's a state and there's a central. Tax reform, you'll hear the United States talk about it, and you kind of get it because you're like, business taxes, I can't believe the businesses don't pay their fair taxes. And I'll tell you what, businesses pay a lot in taxes, but... Are they going to try to beat the system? Yeah. Do I try to beat the system with my taxes as best I can? I don't cheat, but do I try to be as aggressive as possible? Yeah. Um, so easier tax policy for India will lead to higher tax reporting, 
and auditing, and will bring the entire country under one tax umbrella. India's economic expansion can go from 1% to 2% because of the increased efficiency in that system. Then you get India getting digitized. If you've ever watched movies like Slumdog Millionaire, you're like, man, that's a backwards country. It's not, that's not the country. And if you watch that movie from where it starts to where it finishes, you're like, whoa, they went through a lot of changes. And that's the most exposure most Americans have to India. One of the biggest hurdles for India's growth has been its untracked informal economy, which constitutes roughly 85% of the $2.4 trillion GDP. It's been their untracked informal economy. As we live in the age of data, and a lack of data makes it difficult to improve existing systems, that will play to your favor. India is on the verge of completing a digital biometric retina scanner and fingerprint system called Adhar. This will be mandatory for all the ways in which an individual interacts with the overall economy, from opening a bank account to filing a tax return. It's a unique identifier that will be needed for everything. It's a country that's got 1.2 billion people bigger than the United States. This means zillions of data points over the next few years for machine learning algorithms, making India a diamond mine for data analytics. It also means more targeted responses by the government from directing subsidies to the needing uh, by catching the corrupt. It's a push for digitization and governance for banking and it's implied cleaner and transparent work in the public and private sectors. You have a lot of financial sector reforms going on in India. They've been liberalizing its economy by opening up various sectors to foreign investors and introducing various reforms. You've heard about Apple going into India Uh because they want to sell to their 1.2 billion people. And India wants them to come in because they're going to bring jobs. Over the past few months, the government of India has implemented a host of financial sector reforms, implementing a bankruptcy code, merging foreign direct investment and foreign institutional investment into a mandatory banking with a welfare public scheme, public welfare scheme. Um, So they got a lot going on, to say the least. They have a good balance cleanup going on, a balance sheet cleanup for India. The Reserve Bank of India has been working actively with banks to stress test, identify and restructure bad assets, making India's banks healthier. Um, They have a banking system which is pushed by their government now. So trying to get more people to use banks. If you ever have played the game Civilization by Sid Meier on a computer, and if you haven't, go ask some guy who's 35, 40. He probably has. Uh, um, One of the inventions that helps change your civilization is banking. So each of the steps that I've talked about already indicates a fundamental shift that's going on in India and the Indian economy. These structural changes will be propellers that accelerate India's economic engine. It's just started to warm up. Since India grew 6 to 7% for the last decade with a mere 3% of its employable population paying taxes, 3% of its population paying taxes. Now they're making it much more simple to pay your taxes and much more mandatory to have a bank account to track you. So with 85% of their economy basically untracked in the shadow world, with banks having no hope of recovered assets gone bad, and with more than half the population having no bank account, it's difficult to guess how the country will grow after all these parameters change forever for the favor and betterment of investors and you. Think about India. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.